Hi everyone. Welcome to Uncharted and Unfiltered. Go for it. <laughs> I can see you holding I'm fighting. it. I'm fighting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, welcome everyone. We hope you caught our last episode, which was a book review called Instant Happy. This is actually our last episode of the season. So we're happy to have taken this season journey. With- I know, season one. We will return to you in 2021. Yeah. Hopefully things look different. <laughs> Hopefully. Not holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> but given that, obviously, you all have heard us talk about our faith a lot in the past few episodes. And it is Christmas season right now. And that means something different to us than than other people, I guess, because of our faith. And we just wanted to take this episode to talk about being believers to talk about what that means to us to talk about essentially the difference between what we understand as religion versus relationship for the sake of clarity we'll use the label christian but that has come to mean a number of different things so we'll just start by that disclaimer but how about we start with you know what does christmas season mean for you and what does being a believer being christian having your faith mean for you christmas for me actually is more about family mm. spending time with family the whole tribe assembles and mm. we all eat and we are just around each other that period so that's what christmas means to me mm. and what was your second question well, what does your faith like what does being a believer or being a christian mean to you okay being a christian or being a believer i don't know how to say it how would you answer it oh do you want me to go first yeah sure well first christmas i love just like christmas carols like i love the christmasy (laughs) remember the christmas story and you see like the nativity story play out which essentially you know the hallmark movies the home i I don't like hallmark movies actually (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna miss okay. that one. I love Home Alone though, and I'm trying to create a tradition around watching Home Alone every year. It hasn't worked out yet. No one has jumped on this, but yeah, no. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna make it. Maybe when I have kids, it'll be something. Who knows? I just want something yeah, like I want something that repeats every year. I never had that. Yeah, I never had like yeah. I like Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't come at me in my tradition it's my tradition <laughs> that okay, go like on, go something on. Yeah. about like you know you know decorating the tree or i don't know praying together the night before i just want something that my nuclear family like when i have a family something that we do mm. that my children remember was done hopefully yeah. something that is like family oriented but something that's also faith oriented too but mm. honestly christmas has been all over for me for the past few years just because of moving to different places so i've never really connected it to one idea i've never connected it to like oh it's family because sometimes i wasn't with family or mm. and now this year i'm not with family so it's just meant creating a home i think creating a safe space or place around this time especially for those who can't connect with their loved ones it's 
you know, COVID, maybe some people can't fly back. Prior to COVID, it was just because I just couldn't go home or I didn't have funds or I went somewhere else. But I think it's about just creating that home for you, creating that homey feeling, like celebrating for yourself. If that's getting the little tree, decorating it, then that's fine. Like finding ways that you don't have to feel alone. I think that's what Christmas has been for me, just making sure I'm not feeling lonely and that I surround myself with like friends that are that are close to me or dinners or something that makes it enjoyable what it means to be christian (laughs) what it means to be a believer yeah so i found that i've started saying christian less lately because so many people say they're christian and i mean their journey is their journey but i'm like you and me we don't seem so similar He's like, their journey is their journey. Like, is your Jesus my <laughs> Jesus? Or like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> And it's been funny too. I think for me, I've realized it more you dating apps because you have to have a filter. <laughs> so people yeah. put the filter Christian and I'm like, oh. <laughs> 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 Yeah, man. I've seen some interesting things. I've seen some interesting things. Um, some raps of people calling themselves God, but then they've still got the filter. I've yeah. also had people ask me, are you like Christian Christian or Christian? And what does that mean? Yeah, the Chadis. I was like, oh, wow, we're denoting it with a double, a double thing. <laughs> And I've had people ask me if I'm an evangelist or a pastor because I've said that I lead a small group and, you know, I serve the church. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's definitely different misconceptions or understanding around what it is. But I think for me, it's meant having faith, I guess, having faith and believing. I would say I gave my life to Christ at seven. And I think I had a good understanding of it then. Although some people disagree and say kids can't, I believe they can. And I think for me, it's just understanding the love of God and living out my life in response to that love. I think that's what being Christian means to me. It's living out my life to know better, to do better because of the love God has for me and had for Mm. me first, like because of his son dying on the cross and being sent for the forgiveness of sins. I want to extend that grace and that love to other people. I want to extend that forgiveness to other people. So for me, I don't think it's limited to, you know, a four walled building or certain doctrines or practices. I think it's amazing to go to church. I love to serve. I gain a lot from serving and being a part of the community. I gain a lot from praying and hearing from God. I gain a lot from reading the word and studying the word and reading it with other people and gaining insights from other people. But that's not what it is for me. Like it's not just Mm. going to church on Sunday and sitting and getting sermon and then leading a life group and then yay I'm Christian like I've ticked all the boxes it's the relationship aspect in the same way that I have one with you and I'm able to talk to you and share with you cry with you laugh with you and learn from you I have that with God and then the other things are just helpful they just pour into that Mm. which I guess would be similar to flying to South Africa to see you or yeah I'm not sure what that would look like in a in a regular relationship like what that structure would look like but I guess it's just I don't know I guess hearing from other people about you for example yeah yeah it's not a must for us to have a relationship but it does help to have one Mm. and then it's not dependent on those things because I think when I make it or other people make it dependent on other things then it becomes religion or when it becomes you're missing the bar therefore you're not christian then i think that also becomes about religion as well like if you don't look like me and talk like me and sound like me yeah then 
yeah then you're, you're not, not christian christian yeah you know you're not christian christian the double yeah 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 okay okay to me it's i guess having a purpose and finding that purpose in god i feel like there is no other way to go you know to live without god yeah. <laughs> i would say that i i grew up in a christian household my my mom was gone fire for god she dragged me to all these prayer meetings and i was there the entire day and you know women's aglow mm-hmm. things i went there for the snacks but anyway <laughs> that's all i've known you know and it's not that because you know that's what i was exposed to then obviously that is what i would end up believing but it was finding god for myself when i was a teenager and for me it's yeah basically having a relationship i think it's it's having a relationship with someone that has like the greatest intentions for you and he knows the plan that he has it's one of those where i look at my daughter and i want the best for her but ultimately it her decision how she yeah. decides to live yeah. but being there for her and being like okay fine i can give you the tools to actually be the best that you can be i will try to send you to the best school and then she's like i don't want to go to school and i'm like okay fine then what do you want to do yeah. and i feel like it's that having a relationship with somebody that just wants nothing and wants to give you everything and mm-hmm. wants you to be the best you and yeah having that kind of a relationship is amazeballs so strange how do you know it's not what you were exposed to that made you make the decision because you said that that's not the reason but how do you know that okay because i got to a certain age where my mom said i'm no longer going to force you to come to church with me and it's up to you and i was like yes wake up early (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my god i sleep in on a sunday yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) exactly and it was also going to boarding school and basically you own your 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 own person yeah i was 11 years old when i first went to boarding school mm. and then actually it was my mom dying and then seeing my dad go to church every single sunday mm. and not dragging us with him but i don't know how to describe it it was more of like a huh you found god you know like i think it was seeing seeing that change in my dad and it was more of a fascination of okay you know people talk about this god what is it all about mm. okay so it's difficult to explain to somebody that hasn't met god or yeah, answered the call of god so it's very very difficult for me to put in words but i'm gonna try and i'm, I'm not articulate <laughs> anyway but it's it's a feeling of feeling lost not knowing like you know okay fine what do i want to do or i could say it's it almost feels like ugh, n- not sure about where your life is going and mm. why you're even here why you're even alive mm. and then feeling this tag at your heart and not knowing what it is what you're longing for and then meeting somebody or being in a church but for me it was actually i remember i had a few friends over and we were having just a sleepover and we were watching movies and one of my cousins who is now a pastor he was living with us at the time mm-hmm. and he was saved and we were all just chatting laughing and everybody fell asleep Mm. and it was just him and I just talking and just talking and me asking questions about God and him answering answering and then at some point being like I want I want this I want what you have how do I get that so yeah I think it's it's that 
I was like, you know what? I want, I want that. I want what you have. I want this relationship. How do I get it? And then it was just like, read the word and get to know God for yourself, you know? And, yeah. and it's, it's like, basically he introduced us and then the rest is up to me. It's the same way how, how you know, you get introduced to a new friend. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, hmm, okay. So do you like tea? <laughs> me too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fancy seeing you around here, like exactly. Uh, come here often, or <laughs> God just chilling there. Yeah, yeah I like that. It, it reminds me of Ecclesiastes, the book that Solomon wrote, and when he's talking about how meaningless life is in the first few chapters, and yeah, he basically goes on this rant of like everything is meaningless, nothing has a purpose. It's day in, day out. You know, sun comes up, sun goes down. Like, what's the point? I think is his main is his main question what's the point and then it as you see he talks about his relationship with God it's almost this return of purpose and I've heard a number of people talk about this particularly people who have not had God for a long period of time and then they come to Christ more so than the people who are like in and out because they can see that like drastic change of like I don't really know what I was living for and now mm. I have something to live for so it's so interesting that it's even it's even in the bible you know it's even in the bible these questions in this perspective but I really like what you were saying about and sometimes it's not so instant hey eh? no you continue you continue and that's what I mean like there's <laughs> long years of people being like it's all meaningless but they're still like they're still <laughs> going <laughs> They're still going. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I liked what you said, though, about just having that on your heart and just knowing, just just having that, you know, I can't, I, this is just not going the way. Yeah. The way that it should be going. And yeah, very similar experience to you. Mom forced me to go to church <laughs> when I was younger. And it, I don't know why parents always choose that bright and early uh, morning service. Like there's so many services. Service. Dude, like why? But with why kids, you, it's like this one. Exactly. Why? Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, perhaps I would have liked it if we chose like the 2 p.m., you know? Like, but just something. Yeah. And having that foundation was really helpful for the years that I felt like I don't want this because I still had that, mm. that memory, that foundation, that knowledge, even when I was like, nah, I'm good. But kind of having the same experience as you as what's the point and what am I actually doing? Mm. I think mine was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? And I don't have anyone to direct me. Like I didn't have a, a compass. It felt mm. like I didn't have a compass. Like I was just going without, yeah. without direction. And something that my life group members asked me a year ago was, if somebody asks you to prove that God exists, what would you, what would you do? And I was telling them, I, I can't base it on tangible. tangible. I can't yeah. base it on saying, you know, in the word. I mean, I could. There's, there's a lot of people that do historically say, you know, the Bible's the oldest book. There's a lot of things that line up with history, a lot of things that they describe in the Bible. If you actually go and do the work in it, it you know, even when they're describing certain processes like the crucifixion, and the ribs and just how he was hanging on the cross like how all of those fit in biologically you know the the vinegar the blood pouring out a certain side so there's a plenty of scholars that can kind of base the argument historically or base it scientifically or philosophically there's Ravi Zacharias who also explains things 
quite well. So I try not to say like it's not explainable mm. because it is. I just don't have yeah. the words to do so academically. So yeah. for me, when I, was, when I was talking to them, I was saying it's just a personal encounter. Even yeah. if I were to base it on historical or science or philosophical facts, you could still refute those. You could still have way yeah. more knowledge than I do. And then we'd be at exactly. point A. But something that can't be denied is my personal experience and my personal encounter with God and how my life has changed as a result of him being in it and just the way that I look at certain situations the way I look at people treat people forgiveness I think understanding of certain things which honestly have been coming up in different practices or self-development books now mindfulness you know changing like meditation all of these things go back they're in the word it's not this surprising new phenomenon of like meditate he says you know meditate on the word day and night he says renew your mind and be transformed by the renewing of your mind he says take captive your thoughts so these things of you're in control of your thoughts and emotion yeah intuition people talk about intuition like the holy spirit so many things go back to everything that's coming up in self-development or self-talk or professional development talks they're there we're already learning those principles or have the opportunity to do so and have a relationship with someone and feel the power to do so like not feel so stuck mm-hmm. what do you feel is the holy spirit's role in your life going mm-hmm. off of what i just said about <laughs> intuition people call it gut yeah. feeling people I, call it god conscience i think to guide mm-hmm. to guide me and i would also like to think to protect but not like as in you know like protect me from getting mugged or things like that but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like to protect me from let's say toxic people um mm-hmm. toxic environments and things that could break me let me say that so to me i think the holy spirit role in my life is just guidance to feel when something isn't right to be convicted when i've done something wrong and when i need to apologize you know as you said it's like a gut feeling but you know i would like to believe it's like the direction from the holy spirit where you get convicted to apologize yeah. and then you're like Ugh. yeah and also just hold my tongue when i feel like i know i need to lash out or say something and yeah, yeah basically to guide me to guide me on right timing to have a certain conversation if i'm upset and i was pmsing and mm. my husband did something silly and my initial reaction is to to act out but you know the holy spirit will be like shut up let's see if mm. you still feel the same tomorrow and then yeah. tomorrow comes and i'm just like hey, you know what that was nothing that was absolutely nothing mm. And if I am a little upset about it, and then I'll I'll still bring it up, and I'll be like, okay. But then I'm able to bring it up in a in a more you know loving way, yeah, a loving way, and to get my my message across. I cut that. Okay, to get my message across so that I'm heard. You don't want my message across. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm leaving it. <laughs> I'm leaving it. Holy. Yes, I. We left the last time when Look I said at your heart. I said you we said are playing. You. <laughs> no, no, you don't you, remember no, no, the episode no. where you, I said we are playing. I do remember, but then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do remember, but then said, you. You were just like. <laughs> no, I left it in. I left it in. <laughs> People must. Ah uh, yes. Anyway, English but is Malawi not still comes out. <laughs> hey, Dodish. It is strong. It is strong. It is strong. Uh, yes, you. How do you tell the difference, though, between Holy Spirit and your own conscience? How do I tell the difference? That's actually a very good question. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I think it's if I'm upset, my conscious is very, it's a lot more aggressive, you know? Oh. Um, yeah, it's a lot more aggressive. It's more in the, it's usually in like an attack or I get very defensive. And in okay. my defensiveness, I get very aggro. Okay. And how I know it's a spirit, it's a lot more gentle. I will try to counteract whatever the Holy Spirit mm. brings up. Mm. You know, be like, treat this with kindness. And I'll be like, hell no, they were, they were rude. Mm. They were rude. Mm. They, they shouldn't do that. So mm. that is usually how I will know the difference. Or, yeah, sometimes it's more of like if somebody's going through something or it's that reminder of, have you checked in with Jules lately? From nowhere. And I'm like, mm. no. And, you know, my conscious is one to bring up food. <laughs> like we haven't had breakfast you know like oh remember that croissant we had the other day <laughs> always you know? in relation then, to yeah, food how... <laughs> yeah <laughs> always always yeah yeah so how i know it's a spirit is yeah it'll bring up just people in my heart and then if i ignore it mm. or if you know i get caught up with things like the house cleaning or i just want some downtime and i'm like you know i'll check in on them later and then only to find out two weeks down the line they were going through something or needed mm. someone to talk to and then i'm just like oh snap I was yeah. meant to, to check in on you two weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that silent voice that that's always there. It's always there. Mm. And as, you know, cliche or unbelievable as this might sound, and my phone is off and I can't GPS and I'm just like, how the hell am I going to get home? I'm just like, okay, fine. Mm. Holy Spirit, are we going right or are we going left? Mm. And then it's like left. And you'll be surprised how many times I've gotten home. Yeah. <laughs> With no GPS, none of me. Yeah. Panicking. Yeah, you know, a ball of panic, but I make it home. (laughs) I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get stolen. (laughs) But. Ain't nobody want to steal you. I'm like, okay, fine. Left, left, (laughs) and go left. I'm going left. (laughs) (laughs) Be returned swiftly. Yeah, they would. They would return me. How do you know the difference? I think you described it really well. Something that I've begun learning, and I've said this to you before, was which reminds me of the verse in the Bible that says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. And I believe in the past years, honestly, I did. And I, the meaning of that verse is basically to stifle the promptings of the Holy Spirit, like to stifle that inner voice, to stifle that intuition, if people want to call mm. it. And the more you do that, I think the less clear, there's a bit of white noise, let me say, the more you ignore it. But when you start to foster it and listen, when I start to, let me speak about myself, when I start to foster and listen to it, even in the small things, like you mentioned, you know, checking up on people, sometimes I'll have that, or you need to pray for this person or ask this person. And sometimes it's rather odd, like ask this person this question and it makes no sense, Hmm. but if I do yeah. it and that person responds, ask this person about their health. And I'm like, oh, you know, hope everything's going well. And then they're like, oh yeah, I'm feeling much better now. And I'm like, hey, yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> and it's crazy because I still get surprised. Like, I'm like, talking hey. about that. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> That's crazy. Like it's on point. I had no idea something was wrong, but I still followed it. And sometimes it's kind of like you said, it, mm. it, it often goes opposite to what I feel like doing. So if it comes to forgiveness mm. or having a conversation with somebody that's difficult or loving someone that's difficult to love, it will go against what I want to do. It, it Often they say like to respond to situations rather than react. And I think the Holy Spirit allows me to respond to situations when my initial thing will be, <laughs> I'm 
going to say something shady or like, I'm going to ignore you. Yeah. You will <laughs> suffer. Like the Holy Spirit's there like, mm. Mm, sis. Like, or, or. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Like bringing that voice of reason, like, or you could. Yeah. And yeah. oftentimes it will get stronger the more I try to push against it. It will, it'll, I'll start to feel pulled, mm. uh, like a stronger feeling. And the opposite is true. If I'm doing something that I, sh- I shouldn't be doing, or if I'm doing something that maybe will put me in an uncomfortable situation yeah. and I don't even realize it, I sometimes feel that tug of don't go there. Or yeah, and then you're like, I'm still doing it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never mind. Like, <laughs> work in progress, man. Hush, 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 hush. Exactly. <laughs> Pushes Holy Spirit down. <laughs> It is my time to shine. Yeah. Um, and I've heard a lot of stories of people, doing. you know, following that prompting of like, don't get on that flight or. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> don't get on that flight. Or don't the many times, the many times. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it, it hasn't, yeah. I've gone and I, I'd say maybe not the most detrimental things have happened, but I've heard of people who have chosen not to, and they've missed out on things that could have put them in real danger. Like, oh, don't catch the flight. And then the yeah. plane crashes or don't go to that party. Something terrible happens there. And sometimes, you know, Holy Spirit is MVP. Sometimes it's just to avoid drama. Like, don't go to that place. And then I decide not to. In fact, actually, a, a tangible example yeah. here is about four months ago there was a picnic happening someone was hosting a picnic in the park and they had invited a number of people it was going to be a vibe quite a few people going it's still in the middle it was still in the middle of covid but the first wave had just come to an end so they were letting people hang out again and someone asked me to go with them they're like oh i'm getting ready you know let's head out and i i I don't know i just felt no i don't want to go i don't really have a Mm. reason for not going but i don't want to go so i ended up just telling the person you know what i'd rather stay at home and then a week later, <laughs> a week later, all of these everybody had the COVID. Called, yeah, they were called by the health and safety oh, wow. people and told that someone had COVID at that picnic. So they all had to isolate and yeah, they had to isolate. They had to do tracing. Where have you all been? Who were you in contact with? You know, some people really nervous. I still know friends who are still scarred from that. And they're like, I'm not going to do anything <laughs> anymore. And it was so funny because I was like, oh, wow. It was just one simple decision. Yeah. And it didn't really mean anything mm. to me at the time. So I think about that. And I think about all of the things that I don't know. There's so many things that I don't know I would have missed. You know what I mean? There's mm. some things I don't go to. I don't say, I don't become friends with certain people. I don't go to certain spaces and I don't know what I'm missing. And I'd rather, at this point in my life, I'd rather not find out. Like at this point in my life, I'm happy to just follow the Holy Spirit. Because there's a fight. I think at the beginning of your Christian journey, there's still that fight of, nah. Oh yeah. Either there's the disbelief Like it's of, okay like, for me it? to go. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Holy Spirit? So... Mm, mm, mm. yeah and I think the more you do start to listen to the Holy Spirit and obey I guess I think the clearer Mm. you're able to to hear the Holy Spirit and actually know that it is the Holy Spirit exactly exactly because I mean like if you just uh, you know like ignore a person for for long enough they stop talking yes yes that's such a good example that's a Mm. better example of the do not quench the Holy Spirit they stop talking Especially if you are doing things that are opposite to the principles of God. There's only so often that the Holy Spirit can be like, sis, please, 
Like, stop, <laughs> literally. Like, like, come on. Like, this is the eighth lie. Ah, it's okay. Like, great. <laughs> this so is the cool. ninth guy. Like, it's cool. <laughs> I, I can only help you so much. <laughs> like, shoot. <laughs> yeah, at some point, and I think you hear it. You hear it in certain believers who are like, yeah, I'm doing this, but I don't. I don't feel that bad about it. It's like, mm-hmm. you're like, it'll come. Don't <laughs> worry. Should be scary though. If you don't feel bad, yeah, about, you should be scared. If you're a believer, yeah, you're not scared as like God's going to smite you. Just scared that there's not that guidance in your life. If you don't have yeah. convictions about certain things anymore, yo, we need you need to do a deep clean out, a deep clean yeah. out, a deep sit down with the Holy Spirit and say, yeah. no, because when eventually you do decide to come back, it's. You know, it's 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 hard because at that at that point you're just like you know what I'm not worthy and yeah. it's more about guilt. Yeah, guilt is a mofo, and that's a consequence, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What you were saying actually reminds me, or makes me think of rather, when you talk about guilt, I think sometimes when people hear about consequences, or I'll use soul ties for an example, because that's the easiest thing I can think what of. What is a soul tie? Yes, exactly. Exactly mm-hmm. what I was about to go into. So I think when, okay. I think there's this huge resistance because there is no condemnation in Christ. That's, that's what is normally quoted when you're like, oh, there's consequences to everything you do. And I think people forget that, yes, there's no condemnation. You are not meant to feel shame and guilt 100%. That does not mean that God can take away the consequences of what you've done already. So in speaking of myself, there's certain things we talked about not listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. There's certain consequences I face when I choose not to listen to him. That doesn't mean he condemns me for not listening to him, but it's, it's just the fact of the matter that I have gone to certain spaces and I have had my heart broken. I have felt unsafe in certain spaces. I have had less than fortunate experiences happen to me. And I think that's a part of soul ties. I believe your soul is, I, I'll try and explain it, is composed of what, what they say, emotions and thoughts, right? It's spirit, soul, and body. And I, I believe soul is emotions and thoughts. And so when they talk about soul ties, they're talking about every person that you sleep with, you connect to emotionally. And I think that's the, the soulish part of it. And you feel that. You feel that in withdrawal symptoms. You feel that in how to explain this you feel that it's difficult because what if someone comes back at you and be like what about prostitutes do you think they have many soul ties they feel these ties well that's what i was saying about the quenching the holy spirit you were saying if someone's telling you something again and again about something Mm -hmm. and you're not listening they're not going to be telling you anymore which is why i mentioned if you're not feeling conviction anymore i don't think Mm -hmm. that's a thing to be celebrated if i don't so do you something anymore that's scary to me so you think that you can sleep with somebody and actually not necessarily have a soul tie with them okay so i think one part of soul tie is emotional i think that's the when you're trying to avoid them when you're feeling heartbroken when you feel drawn back to them, even though they treated you badly. So these are normal things that people see past a breakup or past sleeping with someone that people could say, yeah, that's natural. Of course, I'd, well, I, I would beg to say that it's not. It's unnatural to want to go back to someone who's been treating you like crap. But I think sex is really powerful. So I think there's a lot of things that we overlook. And I think that's part of the tie. I overlook mm-hmm. certain things because I'm connected to you in that way. But I also think there's a spiritual aspect as well in the sense that, and it's normally explained that whatever that person is carrying, there is a trap 
transfer. That mm. is a more spiritual realm that I cannot exactly explain. So if people were to ask me for tangible evidence on this, I can't give it. But I do know that, yeah, there is said to be that transfer of spiritual baggage, of spiritual warfare when you mm. sleep with somebody else that you're now holding. Do you think that that's why sometimes some people, you know, you can sleep with somebody and then just feel like a heavy burden yeah and just feel so shitty yeah and then you do get others that you know you feel great you feel hyper and whatnot is it like do you think you're just picking up whatever energy they had or yeah 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 i that's what i agree with people may disagree people have different beliefs but that's what i agree with and i think that's a actually it's not just common to christianity someone actually sent me something in buddhism i believe it was they sent me a little picture a quote and it said exactly the same thing because buddhism and i believe there's something else that believes in energies like body energies and it had said the same thing like Mm. you're connecting to someone and transferring energies the way that it's been explained Mm. to me by mom is that you need to be careful what people are carrying in terms of like mental health things. So you were talking about just feeling really down sometimes mm. when you've slept with someone. So the way that it's normally explained is that you you transfer and begin to carry that other person's baggage in a sense. And if that person has been with all those other people, then they're also carrying yeah. their emotional <laughs> and spiritual. So when it comes back, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, <laughs> like, this is a lot. But yeah, I do. That's, <laughs> that's how I would explain it. But I think not to end on yeah. a doom and gloom, I think what's amazing about a relationship with God is that those can be broken. I believe that yeah. being a believer offers you the opportunity to ask for God's help, offers you the opportunity to ask for a restart, for, for help in dealing with the emotional mm. baggage, for help in dealing with some spiritual things that you're tackling. And hopefully for help in restarting your journey. Because I'm not even I'm not even speaking from someone who who hasn't had those issues. So I'm thankful for the forgiveness. But I think the reason I understand the no condemnation is I'm not living in shame and guilt for the for the things that I've done in the past with other people. But I am dealing with yeah. you know, I think about and I and you've spoken about this, but I think about like meeting my husband. And I want to not have comparison. I want to have that moment where I just share something with you alone and we discover each other and it's beautiful. And yeah, I I don't want to have triggers. I think that's, yeah, that's the more Mm. psychological term that they know, which we say is a soul tie. I don't want to have triggers that take me back to that person over there when you're not, that's not even you. You don't even deserve that. Yeah. That's my thought. Well, we really took this. This was just going to supposed to stay at religion versus relationship. Yeah, we we went. (laughs) Loses 20 followers. (laughs) That is so true. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. Yeah, it's okay. I guess we can end on what do you think about the church? I know that that's a conversation that a lot of people have with me as a believer. Like, oh, church is very judgmental and there's a lot of people who have dropped out of the church there's a lot of the anger against the push to give yourself until death uh in service and ignore your familial or relational aspects of your life so there's a lot of people that are angry at the church that is the four walls not the church as an institution but the four-walled building that a number of people have felt (sighs) ostracized or pushed out or judged or driven to madness 
What would you say uh, to those people? Actually, I think that's a better a better thing rather than just like what ones? are your thoughts? The people who are angry at the church. <laughs> you said which ones? Other ones were yeah. you thinking about? <laughs> no, it, 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 no, it's like it's it, it's a lot. You know, like how people feel different different things towards the church. You know, you get those that don't believe that they have to go into a building every Sunday, you know, things like that. So I was just trying to figure out like, okay, find which ones, who, who, who am I talking to? Oh, okay. I see. Um, I see. Okay. Well, I think, I think one in the same, there's a reason. There's yeah. a reason behind people not wanting to go in. Like, okay, let's start with what do you believe about the church? That's probably the better thing to start with, the building. Okay. I believe that it's good for your soul to meet with other believers. So yeah, I believe churches where you go meet with other believers, you worship and pray together and fellowship together. And there is a certain, I guess I'll use the word energy when you're all together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like when you're all together, it's different when you're praying alone. And then when you, even if it's just two people, yeah, it's, it's difficult to describe, but how you feel and that connection to somebody who also believes in the same thing same that you thing. believe. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there is power in that. So how I feel about it is like, I feel like it is important to meet with other believers. One. Two, I do feel that there are certain churches that have become very religious and in them being religious have kind of lost sight with what the Bible actually teaches. Mm. So you'll find that some churches will will tell mm. a sex worker that walks in and back home, they would go whisper and say like, you know, this is not a place you should be. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. Leave. And where, where are they supposed to go? The house of God is exactly <laughs> the place they need to be. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we have turned it into, I don't know. You know, there's certain churches where women aren't allowed to wear pants and mm, wear like, is that really the issue yeah, you know so yeah. yeah so there are certain churches that you know it's it's mixed feelings hey yeah, but yeah. but then also i think it's important that if you are trying to find a church where you can meet other other believers and also just grow in your faith it's okay if the first church you do visit does not work for you yeah you search <laughs> you know you search yeah. until you find the one way it feels like home because yeah. i have gone to so many churches and mm. i've been like mm, you know what no or even started off in a church and then eventually been like, yeah, no, in this mm. season, the next season that God is trying to take me, this is mm. not where I need to be. Mm. So mm. I feel like church as the structure or as the people does change as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but then you do find like some fellow Christians would be like, oh, you know, you, you've left our church. And then they feel some sort of way like as if, mm. and then they're like, oh, you've gone to that other church? Like, mm. really? Mm. Uh, you know, and, and then you're like, hey, 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 I'm being fed there. You know, yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah. And then you get some people that thrive with churches that are very traditional. True. They're, True. Yeah. I and think that's how we ended up with different denominations at the end of the day. Exactly. Different people exactly. thriving with different things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I like so, what you yeah. said about being fed. I think that would have been a key point in my answer is that I believe it just gives you the avenue to be fed to be fed by what the pastor is teaching, to be fed by other believers, to be sharpened, to be challenged in our way of thinking. Oftentimes, if we are alone, you never know. You never know what you may come up with or believe or follow that could be problematic, 
that could be interpreted differently, especially because the Bible, hey, it can be interpreted in so many different ways if you take a verse oh, out of context. So I think oh. especially for new believers, I would definitely say it, it will promote your growth in the right direction and kind of hopefully, if you're in the right church, give you the tools to be able to study the word in a way that is accurate, in a way that is contextual, and in a community of people who can pray with you, there's so much power in prayer and in people praying yeah. for one another. I do believe yeah. that church are the people and not the building. I think, though, that the building offers that space routinely for people to go to. And it just makes it easy to have that community. And there's so much that you learn in serving other people and in being the hands and feet of God and in serving with the kids and serving on a different team. There's things that you learn about yourself and that you refine, let me say, you refine through being a part of a different team. So I understand what you were saying. I understand people's qualms with like, I don't really want to go there. There's no need for that. But I think there's good and bad in everything. And I think because of the calling of the church, I know it makes it a hard pill to swallow when it falls short. And mm -hmm. I saw a post by Chantel Smith that actually spoke exactly on this. And I just wanted to end reading it. Yeah. So her image says, the church is a bride, but she's also a whore. Her contours are not always easy to discern. I believe this to be the number one reason why many in my generation are walking away from church and doing life with Jesus on their own. At its core, this dichotomy exposes the unspoken expectation that this generation has for the church. Perfection. It's not an auditorium with low lights, smoke machines, and a post-wrapping second career pastor in skinny jeans. What I believe we unconsciously look for is a perfect bride, and when we don't find what we're looking for, the fall from the pedestal is swift and grim. Everyone's a hypocrite, and everyone's a whore. Here's the thing. It's okay to expect more from the church because she does drag her feet. She is racist. She is sexist. She is homophobic. She is hypocritical. It's for these reasons that I've entertained going unchurched, because as the loudest voices in the world have attempted to redefine what it means to be an even evangelical Christian. I have felt far from that. But the disdain that I have for the church at times, I have also for myself because I find a double standard at work within me. I accept the moral dichotomy that is me as an individual, but somehow I cannot accept it in a group full of people just like myself. We are all part bride and part whore. And if there ever were a perfect church, I could not belong. The only perfect bride is the one Christ presents when he returns, one who has been washed by him and is without wrinkle, spot, or blemish. But again, he does the washing. So I've come to see that to expect perfection from her is unreasonable. After all, she's a bride made up of human parts. I can, however, expect more from her and be the more that I'm hoping and calling for. I want to normalize this dichotomy. That is, when you come to the church, you are indeed coming to a brothel, but you are also coming to a hospital and a center for healing. You will encounter liars, thieves, murderers, the broken, and those who gossip. But you will also encounter many who will say, come see a man. I sought the Lord and he answered me and I was blind, but now I see. Yeah, that is perfect. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think people expect Christians or the church to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And you know how they'll talk and just like, oh, please, you know, the people that go, they're just whores. Mm, or mm, you know they're just mm, judgmental and whatnot mm, yeah judgmental. Mm. you're like yeah <laughs> we're not perfect you we're know people perfect, that are yeah. so it's a hospital we're going there to be fixed and mm. to be better mm. exactly so you can't expect to find perfect people exactly you know, you're not perfect so come through join make the join us <laughs> exactly exactly that there is no good christian and bad christian we are all just trying to progress and I think in the same way that we feel 
upset or defensive when people want to put us in a box of like, oh, I can't believe you did that. I thought you were Christian. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the same exactly. Way, you're like, hey, hey. <laughs> like I already feel bad. Don't, <laughs> don't say that. The Holy Spirit is convicting me. Like, yeah. So I think to put on an entire building is also problematic. I think we need a little bit more grace for people, a little bit more grace for the church. So given that this is such a hot and complicated topic, we hope that you all give us grace in that there may be some things that we said that do not rub you well, or there may be some things that we said that do not actually fit into biblical principles, perhaps. We don't know everything. We only know our experiences and we're only explaining from there. And we want to share our faith and our faith is part of who we are. And that's why it comes out in a lot of our episodes and yeah and we want to stay true to our identities in that so we hope you learn from what we have said but take it with a grain of salt because it's obviously not perfect and a little bit of grace for the rest but if you'd like to share with us about your your own beliefs we're open to hearing your stories as well how you came to believe what you believe if you believe in anything we're also open to hear if you don't believe in anything we're curious how has life been for you how do you how do you go by your day day to day so let us know through our form or you can shoot us a comment on uncharted unfiltered instagram or through our facebook page uncharted unfiltered and we'll see you next year happy new year